Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but the truth remains indisputable. I'm Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and every day I'll be bringing you a full dose of truth on my show, Indisputable. We cover criminal justice, social justice, politics, racism, police brutality, and everything in between. I even make space for conservative voices, but not before they step into the bullpen, where I debate them on their policy agenda. In January, I hosted They Called Him Radical, a special tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It features myself, Senator Nina Turner, Ricky Smiley, and Sharon Reed. Together, we reflected on Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, his real legacy, and considered what we can all do to continue to fight for a better world. Listen to Indisputable and They Called Him Radical on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> Before I say this, actually, uh, we're recording. You're always doing something funny whilst like, I'm saying the intro. And I get really like awkward because right, I'm you're just right. You know? Okay, because <laughs> it puts me off because I can see you in the corner oh, of my eye, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Anyway, look, the, the oh. people want to hear it. Let me give them the... Oh. Welcome to the Quick Stop Formula. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I the do. People, they love it. For the people on Spotify, I don't know, on Spotify, you can't see, but Tandy is literally just like an octopus in yeah. the background. I just, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, welcome to the Quick Stop Formula One podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Joining me as ever is my co-host and co-founder, doing all kinds of weird shit in the background. Yeah. It is Tandy Sabanda. Tandy, how are you? I'm good. What? I'm yeah? fantastic. You're fantastic. Yeah. I'm really happy, happy to hear that. Um before we get into anything, we've got so many cool things to to bring you. We've got a bumper episode today. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you guys to subscribe to this channel. Yeah, do you know what? We need to start putting things to your necks. You better like, subscribe. <laughs> you guys are taking the content, yeah, and you're not subscribing. Over fifty-one percent, fifty-one percent of you are not even subscribed. We are you're watching this. The vibes. You just come to stare. What? Well, you just come, come. You, you want to take, 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 and we you're not giving. Give. Join. No, no, that's a little thing. Stuff like that in Amsterdam in the red light district. You're not allowed to just stare. You have to give. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. I love it. Light. I love it. I love it. One day after a conversation <laughs> we've had about cleaning up the podcast, and <laughs> this is what you're bringing to the table, <laughs> Jesus. But no, that is true. You cannot just stare in the red light district. So I've heard, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> Look, if all you voyeurs mm-hmm. staring into our windows, all we're asking for is a little subscribe on the YouTube. Please, it really helps. We're so close to monetization. We only need another 70 subscribers, I think. So help us get to a thousand because it's, yeah, it's going to enable us to. We're at a stage now where we're, we want to expand, we want to do different things, we want to do different content, we want to upgrade our equipment, all these types of things and uh, small things like that, you don't realise it will really, really help with that. Yeah, and, um, I mean, you know what I mean? Be kind. Be kind. Yeah. Be kind. 
Do you know what I mean? Right. That's what I'm asking. Uh, what's wrong? Well, do you mean like a little subscribe? Um, and then for you guys listening on audio platforms, um, yeah, can you follow us? Obviously, if you're on Spotify, you can rate us on Spotify now. Pick you your phone pop- up. Pick your phone. Pick your device up. Pick your phone up. Pick your phone up right now. Right. Now. I know you're listening to me. Pick up your phone. Pick it up. Yeah. You know, actually, what I was really surprised about is that like 80% of people who listen to us, listen to us through their phone. Yeah. I I listen to everything on my computer. I like I highly listen to stuff on my phone. So obviously, but also I'm old. Um, so uh, follow us on Spotify. Pick your phone follow up. Us. Pick your phone up. Rating, subscribe, yeah. follow. Subscribe. Follow, rate. Now Twitter, at Tandy yeah. Tweets, and tell me you've done it. Yeah, tell us you've done it. Yeah. You know what, you know, you know Tandy means it when she's saying, interact with me, guys. She's she's welcoming the interaction as because opposed I to ignoring it. I don't interact, so if I'm welcoming the interaction, join. it means there I'm willing to, to reply. Yeah, join. Yeah. This is a big, this is a big fucking deal, okay? Yeah. This, this is a time, if you want to get a reply from Tandy, now is the time. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her you tell her you rated the team. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Um right. That was that section. Mm-hmm. Um Tandy. Mm-hmm. What you're wearing. So as you can Ooh. see, I have this. Hey! Don't piss me off. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! You're right. looking all tough on. Let me let me start. Oh. Oh my gosh, look at that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's just like, what is that? Size six to eight women's little small little babe. Or if you like a tight t shirt and you like them muscles and pecs to be be bulging out, I get Uh, this one. I know some of you guys. I know some of you, yeah? Uh, I found it with this lovely fold. Lovely. Sorry, for those of you who can't see, we are previewing our merch. That is our merchandise. We the merchandise is here. Let's get the let's get a round of applause. The merchandise is here. It is gonna be available to buy. It's got a lovely we obviously we dedicated it to Lewis. I'm gonna show you the design on the back. The back. Can you see it? Look at it that. Was all a dream. I used to read Wednesday What Up Magazine. Up magazine. So oh, I'm Pepper and Henry Dean in the limousine. So it's basically, yes, Lewis Hamilton slash uh, Biggie Smalls mesh thing with the, uh, to all the kids out there who dream the impossible. It was a moment that obviously is going to be enshrined in history forever. Um, and yeah, we just wanted to put it on a t-shirt and now we've got it and it's going to be available to purchase at the beginning of next month. We're doing a pre-order of two weeks. If you do not order it in those two weeks, done. Trust right, me. We're not, we're not running it again. Right, this design yeah, this is... This design, we're not running it ever again. This is like a limited right. edition thing, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So like whoever pre-orders it, there's no, oh, there's sizes. I think the sizes go up to... Uh, let me just double check, but they go up to like large, I think maybe double XL. Um, and as you know, we it ships, we ship all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it doesn't why? matter what, worldwide, we are we are literally worldwide. Uh, let me just get on uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think it's double XL. So, um, yeah, like support us if you want to support us. We've been mentioning this for a while, and again, us. stuff like this, like, yeah, for example. Like, 
these microphones. We want to change the microphones. We want to to get a new camera. We want to get some lighting. We want to, like, there's all these things. We just want to make it. Pardon? (laughs) 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 All of those things. Like, we really, um, every penny that you you kind of, that, that we get through this is going back into the brand. It's going back into us being able to make the content that we want to make and, and expand the platform and just get it out there. There's mm-hmm. bad people who like F1. For mm-hmm. all you lot who listen to this, maybe you guys, you're already familiar, you're already enjoying it, but there's a whole plethora of people out there who don't even know who we are and we want to we wanna get out to them. So, yeah, they will be available uh, at the beginning of February. Two weeks pre-order. Once the pre-order's done, they're going to be all shipped at the same time. This mm-hmm. T-shirt will not be reprinted. Like, the that nice is it. The thing as well, this cotton, ooh, soft. It is good quality. Good quality. Good quality. Good quality. I never tell you guys nothing cheap. Trust me. We never come on. We never. never and and that's why it took a while as well. We wanted to get good suppliers. We wanted to get good like infrastructure so that we could ship worldwide. And um, hopefully, yeah, this is the best way of us for us to do it. So if you want to support us, yeah, we'll drop a link probably in the next podcast in a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. I can't believe we've got merchandise. That's. That's really cool. I've always wanted to wear my merchandise. Also, this is also an opportunity for you people who like to support black businesses. Yeah, for sure. Support the ting. Do you know what I mean? Like, here you are. And you don't have to be black. You can be an ally. Allies. I know there's so many allies who listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much, guys. So, we're, we're at a very cool stage. It's been... It's not even been a year yet, um, and we're we're nearly monetized, and we're bringing out merch, and we couldn't do that without you guys. And I get emotional thinking about it because it was only supposed to be a passion project, and we can really see something tangible and something that you know we can really build into something really cool. And and we want to be able to give back to you guys as much as possible. So the bigger we get, the more that we can give back, the more cool stuff we can do. The, and yeah, and just basically and, and go from there. So yeah, basically, thank you very much, guys, for the support so far. And if you want to support more, yeah, the, the t-shirts will be out beginning of February. Right? Should right. we get our? Should we get, is there anything else before we get our guest on? Um. Oh, let me oh. give a shout out to the guy who messaged me when I was in Barbados. Oh, nice. Um, let me find him. Oh gosh. Oh man, I can't find him. But he'll know who he is. If you're listening, listener, thank you so much for messaging me and sending over some lovely recommendations for places to do and see in Barbados. Nice. How was Barbados? Uh, fantastic. I'm an island girl, as you can see. Uh, Yeah, I can see. Hey. Yeah. At one point, I saw the... So the content was, uh, hey, content, content, content content was contenting. Thanks very much. Um, what else did I do? Uh, I drank a lot. I worked. I was out there working. That was what's most important. Yeah, I was out there working. And yeah, yeah, I recommend everyone go to Barbados because it's safe. People are lovely, and the food is amazing, and the beaches are amazing. Well, there you go. What a lovely recommendation. Um. I'm glad that you're back. I was very jealous. Um, but look, we're going to talk about some Formula One. This is a Formula One podcast. 
We're bringing you content in the off season, man. Like we're here for you. You know, mm-hmm. we're just giving you some shit. And the the guest we've got coming up is really cool. So we're going to bring him on. We're going to introduce him because I think he's a he's a pretty cool guy. A pretty cool guy. A pretty cool guy. <laughs> right, let's bring him on. The guest we've got on right now. Okay. This is like driving pedigree that we've got on the show right now today. Guys, this guy is on one of the best podcasts on the internet for F1 right now. Okay? He's a two-time Nuremberg endurance champion, yeah? These are levels. He's driven in British touring cars. He's driven in race of champions. What else do I need to say? He's, I feel like, a Team LH kingpin out here he's changed over he was impartial not anymore <laughs> welcome to the show mr brad philpott from the missed apex podcast how is it going That's hey great. guys it's Good. going well i've never had sound effects before that was yeah. awesome what oh, an introduction look, look we like to hype up our guests we like to celebrate our guests and we do like the sound effects there's going to be loads throughout the show but first and foremost how are you how's it going bro I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah, I've had a, a kind of long day at work on the test track, doing mm. loads of laps, and I came back looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this for ages, yeah. and uh, and even more so after recent events the last couple of days, I was looking forward to kind of coming and getting some love from you guys. Yes. Um, look, we appreciate that. Um, let's just get... Oh, so what did you say, Sandy? I said we show love all the time. We show love all the yeah. time. Like, do you mean? It's nothing but love. Unless you're an internet troll. We hate internet trolls. You know what? Internet trolls, you get there. I hate you, man. I literally hate you, man, so much. And look, uh, Brad, before we get into you, you might as well. There's a hot topic right now on F1 Twitter. Um, something which I thought was pretty innocuous. I, and I thought was quite funny. Has turned into something just completely off the charts mental for you in terms of the interactions you're getting and the type of interactions you're getting so for those who don't know tell us how an innocent invite to a sim racing event uh it's turned into you receiving hate emails and and being just sent abuse for like two days straight yeah so so for those of you who don't know me i have been critical of max verstappen on twitter over the last six seven months or so right, maybe more. Rightfully, rightfully can i, can and, I just, and not can not I, critical of him as a person so yeah. much maybe sometimes mainly the driving side of things and we'll yeah. maybe get into that later but i'm quite passionate about good driving standards and racing which is which, which leads to other good racing and you know consistency yeah. in in that kind of thing anyway so i've been a bit critical of him and and that's been reasonably well known however i, I am in a, a discord group in a in an esports gaming Discord group with a load of real life drivers and Max Verstappen's one of them. Um, people will know he's like quite a prolific um, sim driver. And I sent uh, an invite to loads of different drivers, just a copy and paste thing to probably twenty different drivers in this group because I'm running event an event soon, uh, yeah. an endurance event. I'm just trying to get as many drivers in as possible. And and I thought you know what, it'd be funny if Max actually said yes. It would generate <laughs> a lot of interest. It'd be great. I didn't expect him to reply, read the message or anything. But weirdly, out of all these people, a lot of whom are nowhere near the profile of Max Verstappen, he was actually the only one who replied in like the first hour. And he got back to me within about five minutes (laughs) with a really nice message, um, (laughs) basically saying, um, I don't think I'm available for this date. 
it is actually the first day of Formula One testing, so that's fair enough. I didn't realize yeah. that when I sent the message. <laughs> um, uh, and I hope you find um, good teams to enter. And he then followed that up about five seconds later with a screenshot of a tweet where I slagged him off. And <laughs> and so that basically, it was great, actually. It was really good from him. It made me laugh. I sent it to my friend. I was like, I've just, I've just basically been um, caught out by Max Verstappen. Isn't that a bit funny? And I thought the wider world might like to see that and, and have a bit of a laugh at my expense. So I, I basically posted that on Twitter. Um, and a lot of people took it the right way and saw it as, aha, Brad, yeah, you have been slagging him off all year. Yeah. Fair enough. He caught you out. It turns out he does know who you were or someone very quickly pointed out who you were because it was quite yeah. a quick reply. Um, or he's Googled you and somehow gone back, you know, 500 tweets and found this one. Yeah. But that then turned into basically a storm of hate by... <laughs> all of the Max fan community. And I've now since been in Dutch media. I've had tons of private emails. Um, I've been called every name under the sun. I've had a massive viral Reddit thread about me and and how I'm the worst person in the world. And, and yeah, it went, it went kind of a different way to what I expected. That is crazy. I mean, it actually gave me pause for thought because I was like, wow, you know, if we ever had to contact Valtteri Bottas about something, I don't know, <laughs> but if, if he brought up some of the shit Tandy you said, some of the shit I've been saying, aye, aye, aye. but it would, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was all in good fun. Like I, I saw it for what it was in that, you know, yeah, he kind of got caught out. He, you know, he sent that to you all in good fun. It's not like he was like, Oi, F off prick, you know, look what you've been saying about me. Um, you know, it was a bit petty. We can all, you know, we can all deal with that. But when, for when he responded with the uh, screenshot, was it like he said something with the screenshot, or he just sent you the screenshot? He he just sent me the screenshot. He said he replied okay. politely, and then yeah. he just sent me a screenshot, like a mic drop. And I thought, you know what, fair enough. That's that is cool. And then I even fair said play. in my tweet, yeah. "Fair play." Yeah, <laughs> like fair play. What can you say to that? Um, I I think there's something wider to be had about about trolling and I guess Twitter pylons and I think look, there's some I don't for me I think there's times when I think we I think pylons get used a bit too broadly and I think sometimes people have talked about pylons when I think people have maybe criticized journalists in the off season and and personally of course I don't agree with abusing journalists but I I guess what I do agree with is the fact that if there wasn't pressure put on the media and if there wasn't pressure put on the FIA, I don't think we'd be having the level of action that they're taking now. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate that people like journalists probably got a lot more interactions and negative interactions than they probably would have otherwise. But it was important that I guess people's voices were heard. What I don't agree with and what something that we get sometimes is just like, abuse like it's never that serious like to send someone abuse like about formula one like it's never serious don't send someone abuse anyway but like over over f1 i just find it i just find it mad like for you i guess on a i know you said you've kind of used to it but i guess on a on a mental kind of level like were, were there any points where you were just like wow this is just absolutely fucking mental the thing that the thing that it didn't get me but the thing that was most frustrating is when you see people just write stuff that it just isn't true um, yeah i had some emails uh, from a couple of people 
claiming I'd said stuff which I actually hadn't said uh, with anonymous email addresses. So you can't even reply to them and kind of yeah. put them right. Uh, and even if you did, I'm sure they, they would read it. But when you get yeah. that kind of, there's kind of like misinformation and people are actually, they're, they're so far off the topic of the thing you actually said or tweeted. And that's then been liked 500 times and shared a load of times. And you think, wow, this is just, it's out of control. And at that yeah. point you're like, what what can you do? But at the same time, that's also the kind of thing that made me stop caring because it's it's like, there's just so much random stuff that people are just spitting out. They just obviously want to want to be nasty to someone and yeah. I'm just I'm just a target today. So Yeah, I think yeah. what you'll find is most of the um accounts that abuse us don't even have real names. They don't even have real pictures. It's just a six, nice six followers. Yeah. Yeah. Sat behind a computer or a tablet or whatever, just spreading hate. And I think it says more about them than anything else. It's just very Tell him again. You're a loser. Oh my god! <laughs> don't, don't do it. It's crazy. Like I think someone, I think Engine said it. It's like your parents would be ashamed if they knew what you were doing with their internet, bro. Like, don't, do not, do. And this is the thing, like. I'm glad we could talk about this now in this setting. I could do it on my platform. I can talk about the abuse that we get and I can talk about, I can openly say, like when I talk to Tandy, Tandy's like, oh, I got this message. I'm getting this message. I'm like, I don't get anything. And it's just like people targeting, so you're targeting the girl and you're not targeting me. You're not targeting the page. You're targeting the girl because you perceive her to be like weaker and, and I think that's a, another conversation to be had about it's how people like if you've ever met anyway. Nyasha, like I'm definitely not the weak one Which you... it's me I'm the one crying yeah. on the podcast <laughs> about it's not handy so yeah I just find it incredible that people would do that and like people I find it really sad that people look at Twitter as like a game and this thing of trying to get interactions and trying to get engagements by just doing the most foul shit by spreading misinformation. And it, it can't be nice being on the end of that. Yeah. But it's people have had it a lot worse than me. So I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't um, feel too bad sure. about it. And also I said way worse stuff about Max than the thing he, than the thing he actually <laughs> screenshot. Yeah. And, and I never got any abuse. All I got was like really good, positive vibes from team LH and, and lots of, because we're talking about driving and I guess yeah. it's more, objective the tweet he shared that i um that was kind of on new year was yeah. probably it was a little bit uh, unnecessarily <laughs> mean from me i basically just said look next year after what happened at abu dhabi i'm happy if anyone wins apart from max and red bull which actually again isn't isn't too bad i'm sure it's people fine. write much worse it was just it's just how <laughs> i feel i kind of feel like they got a free one you know they they got it when they shouldn't have got it so i'll be happy if anyone else wins it afterwards i just don't Tell want to again. get it again so um, uh, I'm just thinking of all the stuff that we've said on the Twitter page. I'm like, no, I think that's bad. I mean, uh, Jesus H. Um, but look, I think you, you raised a really good point. I wanted to get into, and we will get into like, your background and everything. But I think like, this is like a good segue. You mentioned, you mentioned that you have, um, you were talking about. You've been talking about Max a lot this season, and I followed you for a while now, probably since. Uh, since I started listening to Miss Abex about three years ago now, I think. Um, and I would definitely say this season, you have become a lot more, 
a lot less impartial, let me say, uh, about your commentary on F1. And it's been great to see. I I love it. I, I feel like we've been quite similar. And I mean, it took, I think it took you like, I say it took you, but after a few years, you're able to do that. And we kind of, we did it after a few months, but in like, in the same, in the same way, like, it feels like it was maybe a little bit liberating for you to to be able to just speak freely and kind of speak how you were feeling about the season. Um, I guess, was that like a deliberate decision or is that just something that came about, I guess, naturally because of how this season was? So so basically, I, I never really had a lot of followers in the past. So first of all, if I said something, not that many people would have read it anyway. So that's maybe the first reason I wasn't particularly vocal because nobody would really see it or care. But the real reason is this season, it's been extremely clear how one driver in particular's driving standards have been dictating how the racing was happening on track and how and how the other title contender, Lewis, was having to adapt to it. It was just a very, very obvious thing this year because Max was thrust to the very front instead of occasionally being at the front or you know, every so often winning a race, he was the guy at the front that yeah. that Lewis was fighting against. And he has such a specific style of driving, which is, which goes so far against how I understand clean, good, um, exciting racing to be that I couldn't help but say something about it, basically. So it's when you have a one driver who is willing to just drive the other one off the track, you know, give no space, not just a little bit of space or be a little bit rough, but literally drive the other person off. It, it kind of stops the races from becoming battles. They end up yeah. as one corner moves and then the race is over. And then you get situations like at Abu Dhabi where Lewis and Mercedes are actually frightened to, to put themselves in a strategic position where they have to overtake on track, even though they're quick enough to, and it yeah. would be possible to do it. They're convinced the other guy is just going to drive them off if they ever get there. So they actually strategize around and try and never be, even be near them. And that, I just think it ruins the racing. So I was vocal about it because he was annoying me with that. And it doesn't, it's not because it was Max. It could have been anyone doing that. If it was yeah. Carlos Sainz doing that, I'd have been annoyed at him, but it happened to be Max. So um, he's the one that, that I was targeting. Fair play. Um, you've gained a lot of followers since. Um, and I guess you've been kind of uh, welcomed for those points of views. Next season, do you reckon is this you? Is this how you are going to be now, or do you reckon next season you'll try and maybe roll back the impartiality, or is it is this all guns blazing now? This is no, this is what I think, and, and go from there. So I, I still think I am pretty impartial. If Lewis yeah. was doing the things that Max has done in the past season, I would have been critical because the reason I like Lewis is because he doesn't do those things. I like Lewis because of his attitudes as a person, off track on track, the way he conducts himself. And it's just a very, very different thing that you see from other drivers. And in particular, the one that he is directly competing against or has been this past season. So uh, I am I think I am impartial. I, my, mm. I've been called, no, what, what was the word? I, I was told that I had an agenda and, and I've replied to, to messages where I've been accused of, a, of having an agenda with, I do. And that agenda is good racing on track. That means yeah. we can enjoy the battles. And if it carries on the same, if, if Verstappen carries on with the same attitude, and I don't expect him to do anything different because he gets he gets it reinforced by the whole Red Bull community, then I will stay the same. 
Um, but I'm just going to be honest and call it out. If someone if someone is being hypocritical with their driving, you know, that someone else isn't allowed to do a thing, but you're allowed to do a thing. And whichever way around it is, and Silverstone is a big one. I mean, I, I kind of feel like I'm in a safe space to talk about Silverstone here. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, if you're the driver on the outside and um, and the driver on the inside runs you wide, it's their fault. If you're the driver on the inside, it's still the driver on the outside's fault. It doesn't matter what position you're in. It's always the other person's fault. I can't deal with that. I, I find that a really bad attitude. And that's just what Max has displayed all season. So if he carries on, I'll carry on tweeting that I think it's wrong. Nice, nice, nice. Mighty so. No, for sure. Like, uh, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, for me, I, 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 I think me and Tandy have been pretty clear, probably even, yeah, since Silverstone. Like, I guess, you know, Tandy, what are your views? I guess, obviously, we've always kind of spoken about it on like a race by base, race by base, race by race basis. So I guess we've never really had like a, a fuller conversation about well, probably have but about Max basically. Um, and I guess, do you, Tandy, feel as if, um, do you agree with Max's driving style? Do you think that it's uh, it's a legitimate driving style? Do you think that he, he's maybe harshly treated by people <laughs> like me? No, 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 no. <laughs> Why treat it more? No, I think I definitely agree that he gets away with stuff that many right drivers wouldn't get away with. Mm. Um, I think at times he can display really bad sportsmanship. I think at times he's a crybaby. Um, yeah, no, and, he is. Huh? He is. He actually whines more. They say Lewis whines. But this guy but is on the radio. A lot, yeah. Throughout the season, he was whining a lot and he's not afraid to do it on the radio neither. Like some people wait till interviews, but you'll just hear most of his radio. He spent it whining and he can give it out, but he can't really take it. Whereas some people give it out and will accept it when it happens to them. However, he can't really take it. So his, eat, his driving ethos is very strange to me and I still just don't understand it. So, yeah, I think this is a good point to bring the driver coach in. So what is it? Uh, I guess, you know, you've kind of mentioned it briefly there, Brad. But I guess for for those, let's take, for example, I mean, we just spoke about Silverstone. Let's take Monza, for example, right? Now, Monza was deemed to be his fault, uh, if I'm not correct. And he was given a post, he was given a grid penalty for the next race um, for Russia, which obviously... Uh, he ended up just going to the back anyway. But I guess in that situation, what is it about Max's driving that meant that he ended up parking a car on Lewis's head and then strolling off like he'd just parked it at the shops? He's just gone to go get some pick and mix from Blockbuster. Like, what is what is his driving style and why why is it that that car ended up on Lewis's head and what should he have done different and I guess what's characteristic of Max about that so I'm sure you guys have probably covered this loads of times but but Max's style is essentially you yield or we're going to crash that's that's it in a nutshell and we can go into more detail Monza weirdly enough for me actually was one of the one of the occasions where it was less his fault than some of the other ones I'm still kind of pleased he, he got a penalty for it because it was still ultimately his fault, but I think he's done worse things where he's gone unpenalized. But essentially, yeah. it just fits with his whole 
his whole MO. He he knew in that situation, if Hamilton was passed, in, in the way that race was panning out, Hamilton was going to beat him. Yeah. Um, it, it, Lewis was just quicker and he was going to pull away. And so he, he basically left his car in a position that was either you really compromise yourself or we're going to crash. And, and what happened was exactly what one of the two things he wanted to happen. Um, in fact, probably better than if Lewis had really, if Lewis had completely jumped out of the way, left him even more space, he could have at least maybe come back at him later in the race. But the way it panned out, Max got exactly what he needed. He didn't lose any points in that race. Yeah. It was a zero score for both of them. And, and every other situation that I can think of, it's the same deal. It's you get out of my way or, or you yield more than you should be expected to yield. You know, yeah. you, you can expect the other driver to to go all the way to the edge of the track. When you get to the point where there's no more room for them and they have to leave the track or entirely back out of the move and, you know, break out of it. Yeah. That's going too far, in my opinion. You're not giving them room to exist. And all of Max's moves are that move. We saw it at Saudi Arabia in particular. You just yeah. knew every time Max got near, it was a lunge being sent and he was not actually going to be able to make the corner, but yeah. was still then getting getting kind of um, annoyed that, that he was being scrutinized for it. So that's just yeah. it. That, that's it in a nutshell. Um, and it was a similar thing at Silverstone. It's just he was doing it from the outside of the track. He had a car clearly alongside him. It was alongside him for a good few seconds. They got to the turning point and he just assumed that the guy that on the inside would disappear. And, and in my view, Hamilton had no obligation to back out. He was legitimately there. We had all this absolute crap about he understeered or he didn't make the apex. Yeah. That's the key one. And, and then we had to go through all this weeks, I think, of trying to explain to people that making the apex has no bearing on whether a move is legal or not. And, and so, you know, all they had was to point at this irrelevancy and then point at the consequence, which was 52G or whatever, and put him in the hospital. <laughs> so 51G accidentally had to come to the hospital. Yeah. And all, all that stuff, which is irrelevant to whose fault it was. You know, you can have an accident and get heavy, you know, really badly injured and it be completely your fault. You know, it's not necessarily the other guy's fault if you have to go to the hospital. Yeah, and that was just another example. In that one, it didn't work out for him, but it could very easily have ruined Lewis's race again. And I think in almost every other situation in through the whole season, if Lewis had stayed legitimately alongside him um, and not backed out, there would have been a crash and, and Lewis would have lost out. So it's kind of worked for Max. I just wish it had been penalized and then it, it would maybe stop doing it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think... What felt uh, as a as a as a driver, as a racing driver, you know, someone who's competed competitively in you know in in high levels of racing. Um, what were your thoughts? I guess on like the pundits. I think something me and Tandy kind of always kind of noticed with 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 pundits is that there was a almost a, an encouragement of Max's driving style, right? And you know, I guess to the to the naked eye uh, or to the to the uh, person who maybe isn't as into Formula One or is new to the sport, they may look at what Brundle is saying, what Paul DeResta is saying, Karun on occasions was saying before, I think before the last race of the season, that, you know, this is just, this is Max. He's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a brave... How can, but how can you even, even if you, you don't really watch Formula One, how can you agree with anybody landing on someone's head anyway? 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. Not the yeah. I mean, well, Paul DeResta said, uh, and I will never forget this because I remember thinking like, this is crazy. But yeah. Paul DeResta said, if I was a team owner. I would be encouraging Max to go for that gap. The gap was there. He even tried to put a little arrow in there and show. Her. So it's crazy that this is what they were saying. We were watching this in real time. So I guess as a as a driver, how did you feel about the narrative around, I guess, around these duels and that it wasn't really kind of scrutinized by the pundits, I guess, until after Saudi Arabia, when I think there was they could no longer do that. Because uh, even I think Brazil, they tried to maybe uh to to kind of maybe explain but i guess did you did you did you notice the narrative this season being slightly weird with regards to how max and lewis went racing yeah i think right now this last season would have been a nightmare to follow as a as a new fan if you're trying to get any kind of understanding of what's allowed and what's not allowed in terms of rules consistency driving standards consistency because things the the pundits say and the way the penalties are applied by the the stewards who are different at most rounds have been so inconsistent that it's just been absolutely nuts. I don't know. You must think it's a really odd sport if you're a new fan and you're watching and just trying to grasp that. And I think a massive amount of the problem is because it's been working for Max, because he's been just getting away with it, partly from people yielding, you know, partly from Lewis actually yeah. giving him the space and partly from the officials never really coming down on it. It's like this slow, what is it? When you slowly boil a frog, which I, I know is that actually, isn't, <laughs> that actually isn't what happens. I think the frog does just jump straight out. But, um, but you know, well, like it comes, it, it's just in the background. And by the time you actually realize how big of a problem it is, it's too late. And yeah. and that's what we saw at the end of the season where Massey was just, he was kind of flailing. Di- random decisions at every race, different different calls. Max is allowed to run Lewis clearly off the road at Brazil in yeah. the most blatant illegal move I've ever seen in my life. And yeah. Massey was arguing that, that was fine. Yeah. And then the next race, Max gets penalised for something pretty similar. Um, yeah. There's just absolutely zero consistency. And the stewards and the, you know, the, the race directing team have a massive amount to answer for that. And so I don't really blame the pundits in some respects from having inconsistent judgments on things themselves when they're reviewing yeah. and then, you know, Paul the rest is putting an arrow somewhere or <laughs> Brundles, Brundles pointing out, this is okay, but this isn't okay. Because it, there's so much subjectivity been brought into it and so much opinion when there doesn't really need to be. Like, I yeah. know every situation is slightly different, but there are some clear distinctions of what's allowed and what isn't allowed that you can make that they just don't want to. It's almost like they're scared because they don't want to kill the racing, but they miss yeah. the bigger picture that racing gets killed because the drivers don't know what they're allowed to do and end up doing pretty... I've called it. I've called Max's overtakes lazy before. and that, And what I mean is... They're, they're kind of, it doesn't mean he can't do a good move. It just, he doesn't need to because he gets away with the bad, easy, cheap ones where yeah. he doesn't have to fight, you know, side by side for a few corners. So, and that's what happens when you don't police it properly. Yeah. And I guess speaking of policing, it is impossible for us to be on this podcast and be in the time that we are. It is currently the 19th of January. We are a month and a week um after um god after a month and seven days after yeah after abu dhabi um updates that the fia are uh, they've been pressured into into essentially releasing the timeline for for the report that's going to come out 
We've had Nick Knowles. I can't, was Nick Knowles a thing when we recorded the last one? I don't think it was. So two weeks ago, Nick Knowles wasn't a thing. He wasn't. And then and, and it's suddenly become an ally and I really like it because I've always uh, really liked Nick Knowles. You always, you always had a little soft spot I did. Nick yeah. I did. Watch one. What's that show you used to be on on BBC One? DIY SOS. DIY SOS. And he, yeah, oh, Nick Knowles, man. What a guy. <laughs> well, if someone had told me, yeah. 2022, Nick Knowles is going to be the saviour of F1. I'd have been like, that is a madness. I cannot believe this. But he, you know, um, for those who don't know, Nick Knowles is a daytime TV presenter uh, in England. Uh, Seems like a really nice guy who basically, whilst he was on holiday in Sri Lanka, I think sitting by a pool, living his life, just started tweeting out, just started... Calling out the FIA, calling out journalists. Hey, journalists, why aren't, you, why aren't you saying anything about Abu Dhabi? FIA, why aren't you doing anything? And it's just culminated in essentially like FIA coming out and saying, okay, we're going to do a report. Sky doing a whole hour piece about Abu Dhabi, finally. Um, there's been BBC pieces and there's been more and more information coming out. And I think what I would say is I don't want to dismiss or diminish the work that a lot of ground roots supporters have been doing on twitter and they've really been raising awareness like keeping up lewis's name has been trending for like a month straight uh up until last week and you know that's because of a lot of the people on twitter big up the 44 uh, and uh, and all of those guys um so Bally, i'll come to you but tandy off air i think it's actually quite a good thing to discuss because we didn't really get to discuss it properly in the last one as it was the end of year review show but you have doubts that the FIA will... You told me not to say this. <laughs> no, because, you know, what? Because I think the way you said it was like... <laughs> was like, if you said it the way you said it, it would have been a cancel thing. But right, okay. we, could, we could reframe it as basically, no. Like, I just think for you, mm. I think it's good because a lot of people, I think, feel the same. Yeah. Why do you think that Michael Massey will still have his job? next year oh because, this year jesus because because um we started calling out the illuminati very early on in the season and we didn't think they'd continue to do it and then they did it towards the end of the season and completely f- owned the season so i just think yes a report will come out but essentially i guess essentially getting rid of michael massey i guess essentially admits that what he did was wrong and he did something yeah. wrong to have gotten rid of him, which I would say would open the door for an even larger investigation into who was involved with Michael Massey in kind of saboteur, sabotaging. Saboteur. Yeah. Um, so that's why I just didn't think they'd actually get rid of him. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think a, a lot of people feel mm. as if, the report is the FAA marking their own homework, right? Mm. You know, they have to essentially investigate themselves. Brad, wh- what are your thoughts, I guess, uh, on the FIA, this report? Do you think that it's going to chuck Michael Massey under the bus, essentially, and say he, he went rogue? Um, and and they'll just get rid of him, or do you think that there'll be maybe further reaching implications, or do you just think that it will be a really light 
touch exercise and, and maybe it won't be as far reaching or as far um, going as, as, as maybe people hope. So my thoughts on this aren't based on any kind of real evidence apart yeah. from just things I've gleaned from listening to, to various people who are, whose views I, I respect over the last couple of weeks. I, I'm going to set your mind at ease, Tandy. I think he is going to go. I think Massey, at the very least, will not be the race director this season. I don't think Mercedes dropped the appeal without any concessions. I don't think it was just a promise of, oh, we'll look into this. And then Mercedes were like, oh, yeah, fine, we'll drop it. I think they got some reasonably strong assurances that a couple of the key things they wanted are going to happen. And I think one of those is Massey gone. One of them is Nicholas Tombasis gone. You know, Mercedes had some some kind of interesting technical decisions go against them in the last yeah. year the the whole regulation shift which was reasonably late which just massively handicapped their philosophy in particular and then you had the things like you know the the wing in brazil i think technical matters and stewarding matters or race directing matters have have been less than brilliant in the last year and i'm pretty sure toto has thrown his weight around and, and lewis's continued silence and kind of threat of not coming back I, I think they're at the very least going to get those things. I'd be surprised if Massey is in, is in that role and Tombasis is as well. And and I'm hopeful that the report will at least show some transparency. I actually don't think Massey was part of some greater conspiracy to give Max the title. I think he absolutely messed up massively and was under pressure and just did his job super badly and thought he had more powers than he did. Thought he had this power to engineer an exciting finish and completely cocked it up, basically, and and I think that's a bad enough crime that he yeah. shouldn't be in the position anymore. If the if the report finds he was under extra pressure from outside, from other other kind of nefarious people trying to engineer the result we got, you know, Max actually winning, then that's even worse. But even just on the face of it, if if he just made a mistake, thought he had powers that he actually didn't, thought he could make up a rule. In, on the fly that and that wasn't going to be a problem that's bad enough as it is so I don't think he can stay in that role because I don't think it's just Mercedes that are annoyed with him either no um the the problem is even if sorry even if there let's say even if like Ted Kravitz said what happened in those four minutes um, in between him saying the cars are not coming in and then him saying, right, those cars are coming in. Like what, what was the, the you know, because when he made the decision that the cars were not going to unlap themselves, sorry, not come in, not unlap themselves. He knew there was obviously, you know, he knew that they, they had, you know, an agreement that the race shouldn't end under a safety car. And, you know, he would have had that in the back of his mind. The idea for me that he just all of a sudden remembered or panicked and then was like, oh, I need to get a race on. It is just, I just, I just find it at best. I think I said it is just, uh, I want to say like, it is just indefensible incompetence on his part, essentially. Um, but even if there was a conspiracy, and I not that I think there was necessarily a conspiracy, but I do think there was 
a culture of the the show over the sport and the show was a, a last lap race i guess even if there was a culture of that they're never going to admit to that they're never going to say you know liberty media want to want to show FIA want to show whatever and you know we fucked up guys sorry won't do it again here's a new race director like that's not what's going to come out and you know and it sucks I guess all we could do is put pressure on the FIA to give us as far-reaching a report as possible uh, you know Zach Brown's come out with a statement um earlier this week essentially you know calling the FIA out on you know um decisions that the tail is wagging the dog, you know, um teams are having the same regulations and technical directives and so I, I think the FIA needs to get its house in order and um it's not just the safety car procedure that needs looking at. Like you said, stewarding needs looking at technical side needs looking at, you know, they've not even agreed on sprint races yet this season. Like there is so much up in the air before this season has even started. Uh, you know, and, and I guess we will see. We'll see how that goes. Um, Tandy, with all of that, um, how have you felt without your Lewis off-season content? It's sad, isn't it? Because normally <laughs> you'd, see him, you'd see him on Instagram, see him prepping. Yeah. But do you know what? I'm protesting with him. I'm not asked. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> silence is, is powerful. Silence is, yeah, it's deafening. The silence is deafening. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm here for 100%, it. 100%. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on... I think we can all assume that Lewis is coming back. Uh, I think the timing of the report and them saying basically, you know, I think... I think it'll be finalised by the 3rd, but it will obviously be communicated to the World Motorsport Council on the 18th, which is the first day of practice, uh, 18th of March, first day of practice for Bahrain. So uh, we're not going to know what's in that report for a while, and I guess it's going to break throughout that day. But how do you see Lewis's relationship with the media, I guess, the sport going forward. And we, I mean, look, this is all, we don't know. He could be like, he could come back and he could be just like old times, I guess. Um, but do you, do you think there'll be any kind of change um, in how Lewis operates or, or uh, do you think it'll just be straight back to business and, and, and we'll go from there? So this whole silence over the last uh, however many weeks has surprised me. So I mm. think he's more, I think he's more, upset about the whole situation than than maybe we even thought uh, at the time. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he was a bit more guarded, a bit less um, forthcoming with maybe the, the sections of the media that haven't been fully supportive in kind of calling it for what it was. Um, maybe it will just be like old times, but unless the report comes back and is like really overtly, yeah, we totally messed up. And then, like you say, they're not going to do this. Not going to go. Yeah, actually, you know, by all rights, Lewis probably should have won that. Um, we messed up. It's completely our fault. We're going to do everything you want us to. Changing everything, they're probably not going to do that. Not not to that level. So I just imagine he'll just be maybe slightly more in his shell. I don't know. It's difficult to say, isn't it? I, I hope not. Yeah. But, um, but I wouldn't blame him because he has absolutely been um, screwed in this situation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely screwed um but i guess we'll see 
I guess we'll see. I I don't know. This is I'm I'm really happy that in his silence he's getting more powerful. And I think the FIA you know, really if they didn't realise how powerful Lewis is and I guess being able to maybe feel a microcosm of what it would be like without him in the sport. Um, they do know it now. I think he's gained over half a million followers on Instagram. He's not said anything. Uh, you know, his fans have kept his name ringing on Twitter, you know, for a month straight. You know, the sport is lacking in someone to talk about. There's not been much content about Max, the champion. So, you know, in what was a, a sizable I'm going to put power shift um, in in quoted marks. Um, you know, Max has had very little coverage um, comparative to what is being given to Lewis. Tandy, if do, do you think? Do you agree that maybe if I was to say to you, Lewis Hamilton is 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 bigger than F one? What would you say to that? I would say I agree. I would say the majority of people are only Formula One fans because of Lewis. I would say certain countries are dominated. The majority of people are Lewis fans. Um, I would say if Lewis didn't return. The viewership would definitely, you definitely see the difference in the viewership. And so, yeah, I do agree that Lewis Hamilton is bigger than um, Formula One now. And I think Formula One needs Lewis Hamilton because he's brought a lot more to the sport than a lot of people acknowledge. And, it, and we'll accept. Oh my gosh, it scared me. So loud. That gunshot took me by surprise that time. <laughs> do you have a backup driver it, like so say the worst happens and lewis doesn't come back do yeah. you have someone that you're going to throw your weight behind that this this podcast is going to become kind of uh just by pierre. default a fan of pierre okay pierre that's Gav- cool i like pierre yeah, yeah. <laughs> what nyasha hasn't agreed to it but I'm <laughs> yeah I who else um, we gonna go to please can you say who we you, we go to please because I, I, honestly i think we would just turn into like a bunch of trolls to be honest because i was to be honest i've got no i've got no skin in the game honestly it would be really hard you know at the end of the day i think you've got to think about lewis as a driver right i'm not going to go off too much because i can go off but it is really incredible in terms of like just what he is as a driver and then what he brings, like just not in the car, but the out of the car stuff. And, you know, the content that we get on race day when he comes to the tracks and the content we get you know, Met Gala and all of these events that he goes to and, and, you know, all of that stuff and the celebrities that he brings to the grid. And that's just like the surface level, let alone the diversity stuff and, and whatever. And it's just difficult for me I think it would be like a long breakup. Like I might flirt with a couple of the drivers and you know, I might, do you know what I mean, I might, I might show a bit of love here and there, but I'm still really getting over my ex. And I feel like I'll have a couple of and years. You're just trying to find a little aspect of Lewis yeah. in these other drivers. Yeah, I'm looking for Lewis and other drivers. So Pierre with his backwards cap, I'm like, yes. oh, what are you wearing today, oh, yeah. Pierre? I can like, replace you. Know, him. Like, do you know, like, maybe... Maybe Yuki, I'll go to, to like for, some, for something. And but yeah, I don't know. What about? I mean, I know you're quite impartial anyway. 
But I guess if, if Hamilton was to go, would you, is there a driver that you have, Brad, that, that you would Are kind you of back? support? It's difficult because you're right. that There isn't anyone at all that has the, the non-driving elements that are anything like as interesting as Lewis, anything like as many outside activities or, or public views that you can say, yeah, I support that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. We align our views on that. You know, all, so many issues. We haven't even touched on one thing which used to be big, but it's so different now because there's so many other things that, that he kind of promotes. But, you know, he's a vegan and mm. I'm really behind that, although I'm, I'm a terrible vegan because I'm just a vegetarian. <laughs> but I, I support the animal rights stuff. And yeah. I don't know, really. I'd have to get to know some of the other drivers. Yeah. I like the Pierre Gasly suggestion because he's been um, done over by Red Bull and treated <laughs> yeah. really badly. So I kind of... I'm behind him because I think he's a nice guy and I think he deserves better. But, mm. but then you don't, he isn't someone who has had, you know, Lewis was just such a superstar coming through the ranks early on. He was just such a successful driver in every other series and then, you know, burst into Formula One and has always just been this phenomenon the whole time he's been in Formula One. Yeah. And, and there aren't any other drivers on the grid that are, that are like that. You could say maybe, People like um, Russell and Norris had mega junior careers, but then they haven't come into Formula One and and had the opportunity to to have a career like Lewis. Mm. So it's difficult that we don't have like this ultra mega star to point to. Um, so see, so yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't know who I would be a fan of. Yeah. I've become a fan of Hamilton by default because because I think he drives really in a real classy way and he's fighting against the guy that drives in the opposite way that isn't classy. So having said that, I I kind of am realizing maybe I have been a Lewis fan for a bit longer than, than I, than I thought. I don't know if you can read what's on my t-shirt. This wasn't Uh, intentional. I just put this t-shirt out of the drawer, right? I'm I'm not slowing down for Nico. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a quote from Hungary from a few years ago. Um, And and so, so maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I have, um, support him a bit but that was nice. like even that was because i didn't really like rosberg so it was kind yeah. of hamilton by default but <laughs> but yeah anyway I, I don't have a suggestion for an alternative driver maybe yeah. someone who's not in formula one yet maybe that's a good one maybe we do i do like the look of oscar piastri um yeah I, actually i've heard quite good things about oscar piastri and yeah. i i don't follow f2 too tough uh, yeah, well, yeah. So he won. So and he's won. He he won F F three, F three, F two. Yeah. So he's like he's supposed to really take that next step. Normally, when you win in your first year in both of them, you're like, I think the last person to do that was was it George? Was it George? Yeah, maybe George. Um, was the last person to go, and then get into F one basically. Um, so um, yeah, he it would seem that he is probably the next wonder kid to. Uh, to have a go. Obviously, I didn't get a seat this year, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, Brad, right. are you are you um, a George Russell fan? Yeah, okay, I think I am. I think I am, and that's because I've seen Bottas. Although you know, Bottas seems like an all right guy, fine, and he's really quick on his day over one lap. Uh, we all know he's like pretty rubbish in the races and in racecraft and stuff. And I've kind of felt like that Mercedes seat has been a bit wasted, and I kind of feel like. Lewis would have won 2021 with George Russell as a backup, you know, as the number two driver. There are times I'm where... give you a round of applause. Great, man. Give you a round of applause. <laughs> okay. There were times where... Like, Bottas, Bottas was so far away from featuring in, you know, helping Hamilton win 
maybe Saudi Arabia was the one time until Mercedes got absolutely screwed by the red flag. Yeah. Bottas was in between them. But yeah, yeah. Every time Hamilton wins, if he wins by, say, five seconds or 10 seconds or whatever to Verstappen, then that's quite a big gap that there should be another Mercedes in. Even if you're not quite as quick as Lewis, you should be able to slot into that gap. So I feel like maybe Russell would have done that more often than not. I also think he seems like a nice guy. It's difficult to be super supportive, right? This is going to sound really petty. And I don't feel this isn't petty. This is just kind of like fact. Difficult to be super supportive and like, and I, I'm not, I'm going to fail to find the right word of drivers who ultimately have come from pretty rich families. They've kind of, they've done the job on track, but they were always going to have massive amount of funding to kind of, to get to whatever level they're going to get to. Yeah. And that's another reason why Lewis is a bit of a special case. He had the funding, but he had the funding because he demonstrated he was good enough and then got backing from a non-family source. And so many of the other drivers on the grid, no matter how good they are, no matter how nice they are, no matter how uh, correct their views are on social issues, they're still kind of really rich kids that got there because they had a family that could easily put them through the the junior category. So actually, here we go. We're forming a forming more of like a, a focus on people to support. Um, Ocon. Ocon. Yeah. Ocon yeah. is the, the, uh, the other driver. I mean, I don't actually know about Gasly's history. Maybe Gasly came from a, a pretty working class background, but Ocon definitely did. Yeah. You know, his dad was just like a, a mechanic with a, yeah. a local mechanic shop. So I, I like that kind of story. Lewis's, Lewis's backstory is good. Anyway, what, what were we talking about? Oh yeah. Russell. Russell. Yeah, so I, I, I like Russell. He seems to have good attitude. I like the, I liked how fiery he was when he had the crash with Bottas. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he like flicked his helmet in the way that people said he did. It yeah. was, and it, even though that was actually his fault, there's no Bottas should not have been fighting with a Williams. So I don't, Look, I don't really questions that need answers. What is Valtteri Bottas doing in tenth place in Imola? Like it was honestly an absolute cheeks performance. Okay, I could not believe what I was watching between that and Azerbaijan last year. I just, I was just despairing. I was like, this guy is just taking the piss right now, but I don't want to talk about Bottas. He's now gone. We've actually now been freed of Valtteri Bottas and we've got George Russell. We've got the George Russell content coming through. George is looking, Hey, he's got the little turtleneck on. He's glowing up. He's chucked the white trousers away. The loafers. I don't know. Hopefully the loafers are gone. If I see those fucking loafers, man, let me tell you now. I'm, I'm, I'm chucking them loafers. Um, <laughs> Tandy, um, George Russell is now a Mercedes driver. Yeah. Uh, you bought a open return ticket for the George Russell hype train. Yeah, I did. I did. Are you going to board now? Um... <laughs> um or are you still? How are you? How are you feeling about him now? I guess he's now Hamilton's hat like teammate. Yeah, he is like so, a Mercedes you know, driver. Really proved himself on the last day. He was the first one tweeting absolute crud and outrage. Yeah. That was his kind of way of saying, "Guys, I'm now Team Mercedes." Smart move, George. I see you. <laughs> um. Excellent PR from yourself. Excellent crisis management from yourself. And I see it. However, nice. I just don't get on any train. I mean, because you could end oh, up okay. with those delays. Trains are privatized. <laughs> They're not owned by the government. So they're really expensive, guys. So they I can't just put myself on this train. I've well, got it. You did buy an open return. An open return is an expensive ticket. 
Oh, yeah, no. for, okay. <laughs> I have, okay, I, so have you... a, I have a rail card though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, some of us are too old for that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I a long time ago since I could get that. Um, so you're not, you're not, you're still a bit guarded. The card is budget. in my wallet. Like, it's okay, on, cool. It's on the part yeah. where you can see, you know, the part where you can see what I can yeah, still see little, it. Behind it, like I can yeah. see it. Behind but I haven't really got on the train yet. Right. Okay. No yeah. worries. Well, I'm going to tell we, you what George Russell's going to do. This season mm. it's gonna it's gonna make you a George Russell fan, right? Sandy. Like you, it's gonna push you the next step. He's mm. gonna be respectful. He's not gonna be one of these teammates that is fast enough to come and really shake the tree and stir it up and take it to the who should be the number one driver, like Hamilton did with Alonso. He's not gonna be that because Hamilton will ride. If, if Russell comes in and he's quicker, if he he's won that pace, he manages to. Just be quicker because, you know, new new generation of cars, they're kind of both starting from zero. Neither of them have got any experience with these cars. And Russell, being young, just gets to grips with it a little bit quicker and is really quick over one lap. Hamilton will rise to it. He'll just, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. bank anyone else to do it, but Lewis will. He'll he'll work out how. Even It might even take a couple of races. He might not. Maybe Russell wins the first two races if the Mercedes is the quickest car. But Hamilton yeah. will rise to it. And when he does, and when they're on track together and they're wheel to wheel, you are not going to have the petulance that Russell showed wheel to wheel with Bottas because mm-hmm. his attitude to Bottas was you're in the seat I should have and I'm showing the management why you're why you shouldn't be here and I should. That's not the case with Lewis. He has loads of respect. He knows Lewis is, is not going to be around for many more years and and he knows that the best thing for him is to is to get the results when they when he's able to if Hamilton has a failure or is out of the race or or, or yeah. Russell is just clearly too quick on a given day. But the times when they're close on track, he's not going to do anything dumb. And that's the difference you're going to get from him. I'm I'm confident. Let's talk in like six months and yeah. you can you can tell me yeah, I've been completely wrong. But that's how I feel about him. So I think we're all going to be chill about Russell after a few races. Okay. I hope I hope that Russell comes in does well what i what is going to happen is the the media are going to need a narrative and either they'll what will happen is he'll come in and it's like you're already seeing it oh i can't wait to see george challenge lewis george you know fight for that number one spot Mercedes. and george needs to not get gassed by people talking like that and he needs to remember where his bread is buttered. and i think it's good that imola happened because Toto was able to sit down and, and say, "Look, George needs to remember who he drives, uh, who he like, like, yeah, who he drives for, basically." And hopefully, like you said, it will be a respectful relationship. And he realizes if he can just, obviously, if he is quicker than Hamilton, cool, whatever. But if he's in situations where it's will to will with Hamilton, and he's respectful, and he's a good teammate, and they share information, it doesn't create a toxic environment. The keys to the kingdom are his. He has got that Mercedes seat after 2024. Three, yeah, from 2024, if Lewis retires after next season. And and then he can go from there. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it because I was tired of both. Like, I was just so tired of it. Like, I, I honestly, like, I, I think he had a great PR reinvention in the second half of the season, Bottas, with the coffee drinking and the TikToks and the TikToks aren't fooling me, brother. Okay. Because the track shit was, was still not up to par, but he's gone now. You can see how I get out to think about Bottas. I actually get like, 
get angry. I don't want to get angry. I'm happy George is coming in. He's going to do a good job. Look, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about you, Brad, before we skedaddle. So what I actually found hilarious was that the trolls that we were talking about earlier would try to denounce your driving credentials. And I just find that hilarious because most of them probably don't have a driver's license anyway. But Wait, for, there's yeah, nothing wrong so not having a driver's license. Okay. Oh my god. Do it eventually. <laughs> Thank you okay. very much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a, a classic Tandy clip where she got at Bottas and was like, oh, "Look." I don't have a driving license, but uh, I think it was Mexico when you were bemoaning his Mexico start. That was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, but for you to have, I, I listened to your interview with Spanners on on Missed Apex. Uh, which, by the way, if you guys are not familiar with Missed Apex, definitely go and listen to it. It is a great Formula One podcast, um, and I found it really interesting, kind of hearing your your story. And I thought it'd be really cool to share that with the, with the with the viewers because. You've driven, you are such a, uh, you, you live your life racing, like whether that's like in your job, uh, the test track or, you know, um, driving in race categories or like e-racing, like sim racing. Um, but I found it really cool. So you took out and we we're talking about like family upbringings and people being able to pay the way. But when you were younger, you took out like a, basically a loan to get yourself into uh, a racing category is that correct yeah i think probably a lot of drivers have done that over the years but when i was 18 it was really easy to get finance i'm, I'm pretty old now as about 100 max fans told me yesterday i'm 36 and i should act my age um so that was ages ago now when i was 18 but i did just like basically get a loan i think i probably pretended that i i earned more money i don't think i even had a, a proper job so i had to then go get a job so i could pay the loan off and that was just to, first of all, like to buy a go-kart and go racing. I'd already karted as a kid. My my family had enough money to like do a little bit of karting. And then I got to 12 and and just at the point where normally people kind of take off and do loads of it, we just like ran out of money and we were like, well, that's it. Then we won't do any more. Um, so I just did some indoor karting like anyone can go and do in the interim and watched a load of racing. And then got to 18. I was like, right, finally, I can just pay for this myself. I'll just get a big loan, bought a go-kart, bought a whole car and a trailer and did some really low-level bad karting because the thing was a shed. Like I kept taking it to races and then be told, no, this this isn't legal. This, these um, chassis went out of date like seven years ago. You can't use that. And I was having to get bits <laughs> welded. It was really bad. But I just kept getting out more money. I was like, okay, well, I'll just get a bigger loan and get a better car. And then I was like, right, I'll get another loan. I'll go car racing. I ended up with masses of debt, which I only paid off a few years ago. But it meant that I got a start and I got to go car racing i did like club racing and toyota mr2s and uh, you know won the championship in the first year and that gave me confidence and then went on to do race instructing for over a decade at um at like really the world's kind of biggest corporate event with really fast race cars where you're pushing people hard so then and doing that gives you tons of opportunities to not only be in race cars every day and, and experience you know even if you're in the passenger seat most of the time you're experiencing the g-forces wet tires slick tires lock-ups you're kind of in control of the car from the passenger seat because you've got your own pedals. Yeah. So you're, you're just getting a feel for it. It's all sinking in. If you care, if you're like, if you care about driving and getting better, 
and you've got your eyes open and you're paying attention and you want to be good at your job, it just sinks in. And, and through doing that, I just kind of learned a lot. And then I got the opportunity to coach. I sat next to Formula One drivers. I sat next to Ricardo and gave him some, not coaching, but he, so Daniel Ricardo came and, wanted, and was giving his Red Bull mechanics a, like a day out. And okay. he wanted he wanted to be their instructor, so they're obviously quite close with their engineers and stuff. Yeah. But our insurance policy was that the one of the the circuits instructors has to kind of sign you off as okay to be oh, okay. an instructor. So <laughs> so I'd sit next to him for a few laps, show him the track and that kind of thing. And yeah. we had like a little lap time shootout, and I beat him. But obviously, it's my home track, so I was yeah. likely to. But it gives you ideas of okay, these people they're not gods; they're they're just really good drivers. And if you do enough practice, or you know, and you pay enough attention, you can you can maybe get on some kind of a similar level. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's basically it. I, I didn't have much money to do stuff, but I kept getting these opportunities of cool stuff, like winning Facebook competitions and the race of champions you mentioned earlier. That was, I think that was a Facebook competition. I had to make a video and send it in. And then, you know, if you've got enough votes, then you went through yeah. the final and suddenly you're racing against F1 drivers at the race of champions. So all, all that kind of thing over the years has been, like my weird zigzaggy path to getting to do quite a lot of driving and racing and sitting in race cars without actually ever having a, a kind of sponsor, which would, you know, one season in formula four for yeah. a normal driver is way more money than I've ever spent on a career. Put it that way. So that's the kind of level yeah. we're talking. It's yeah. It's, it's a crazy, crazy amount of money. Um, Tandy, when you make your millions off um, this podcast, are you going to spend it on your kid to become a Formula One driver? Yeah. Wow. I'm doing project, Serena Williams project, Lewis Hamilton <laughs> project, <laughs> project um, Naomi Osaka. Okay. So, that's, yeah. so two tennis players? Yeah. Okay, well, fair play. Um, I like the different projects. For... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe nice. project Jay-Z, we'll, we'll see. Okay, nice. Yeah. I can get behind that. I'll yeah. show them some bars. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what I wanted to ask, Brad, you've got some uh, trophies in the background in your thing there. Like, there's some really big fucking trophies. So, in- you've noticed my, my set dressing. So, this is because yeah. <laughs> there's like cables and like plug sockets and stuff behind me. So, I literally <laughs> just moved the trophies off the little shelf next to me. I just tried to hide stuff, like holes <laughs> in the wall and stuff. Nice. Um, these are like various things. So there's the the one the one behind my helmet over here. That's um it's for VLN Championships. So that's VLN used to be the name for the Nurburgring's Endurance Championships. Okay, so the, nice. the big old Nordschleife version of the Nurburgring. There's people um, sometimes don't realise that they're still racing there regularly, and yeah. uh, and I won that championship a couple of years running 2018 19. That's that one. Um, there's some go kart trophies um, like kart race of champions. Nice. Big silver one over here is is the one from from when I had my claim to fame where I, when I beat Vettel in the skills challenge at the race yeah. of champions. Um, it's not as much of a claim to fame now as it was at the time. He was quite good then. He was like, <laughs> yeah, Vettel in the Ferrari taking it to Hamilton. Uh, now it's, a, you know, it's a different Vettel. And there's like a bottle of champagne. I won at a sim racing thing. There's a Max Verstappen cut out. Um, so <laughs> nice. We've got, we got a, a joke cut out for spanners at Christmas. I don't even know what this is. I think that's some kind of other go-kart trophy. But the trophies in this room, these are like the nice ones, like the ones yeah. that are clean and a bit bigger. Um, they're the ones that my, my fiance lets me keep in the house. Oh, I've got okay. like boxes of small crappy ones out in the garage that are never going to get seen again. But oh, like that's, that's super cool, man. I think it's just really commendable being yeah. able to make a life out of your passion. Like I just think, you know, and I think everyone, of course we all have like 
high dreams of, of competing at the highest level or, you know, doing our passions at the highest level. You know, there's 20 drivers in Formula One, like, and there's, you know, and going through the junior categories costs millions of pounds. Um, it is, it is like, it, it is really hard to do that. And so to be, but it doesn't diminish, like I say, it doesn't diminish someone's talent or diminish someone's passion. And I think it's actually, the older you get, you realize that being able to follow your passion and make a living off it and, and be happy is like, that's actually like a win, like of like, which is such a great magnitude to do anyway. So it's really commendable. Like So one thing I learned from some of those kind of denigrating responses from Max Fan. Basically, I got slagged off about ev- everything you could pick a hole in in my driving yeah, career. I got, it. I, I got the, the worst one was BTCC. I, I did one weekend of BTCC with basically no practice with yeah. old tyre. It just wasn't good. In hindsight, I shouldn't have done it. But okay. I came like 22nd out of 27. It's not a great result. I would never, never look at that as a good result. But given the circumstances, it was, it was okay. You know, it was kind yeah. of, if you look at anyone's first weekend, when it, especially when it happens to be the final race of the season where everyone else is well up to speed. It, it wasn't a total disaster, but I, I certainly wasn't happy with it. But I was getting absolutely slated by Max fans saying, this guy only comes 22nd in a series that Formula One drivers would hate. But what I've learned is that it doesn't matter who you are. Hamilton gets this kind of abuse. The most successful driver in the world <laughs> ever will yeah. get people sat in their bedroom saying, Lewis Hamilton can't drive. Max Verstappen would smash him in the same car. So actually, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what level you've raced at. It doesn't matter who you are and what you're, how many trophies you've got and how successful you've been against people. They'll, if there's someone, even if there isn't someone higher, but especially if there's anybody higher, they'll just point to that next person and go, look, you're not as good as them. So it doesn't matter. It's kind of yeah. it's a bit of water off a duck's back. And you know, these same people that are kind of slating you, if you were face-to-face with them at a go-kart track, they'd be the ones going, oh my God, mate, I'm so impressed with your lap time. How, how do you take that corner? You know, they'd be asking you for advice and, yeah. <laughs> and like groveling to you. So it's it's not, that's actually the driving um, insults are, are the easiest ones to deal with. Look, uh, at the end of the day, going back to what we said before, they're all fucking losers. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like if you're literally spending your time on the internet, like sending abuse, my gosh, just like, you're just sad. You're so sad. You're so sad. I actually feel sorry for you. Like I, I genuinely feel feel sorry for you. Um, but not for long because I don't want to think about you guys for too long. Um, They'll all be gone when Max is fighting for eleventh all season in a Red oh, Bull that God, just can't God. cut it. <laughs> Mate, let me tell you now. They're all going to become Charles fans or they're all going to become Norris fans. And it's just, it's pathetic. Like, I, I, I can't wait. Um, Tandy, do you have anything else to say? Be kind. That's all I'm going to say. Be kind. Be kind. Yeah. Be kind. Yeah. Ah, also, guys, mm-hmm. stop being weird to Tandy. Oh please. my god, yeah, please. Don't <laughs> stop. First on her in our comments. That's don't first on her and at her. Like, please. Like, just don't be don't, weird. Just don't be weird. weird. Do like mean? sexual mm. harassment online is a thing and it's happening. Be kind. Be kind, guys. Mm. Be kind. Okay. But look, 
we want a big hand to you, Brad. Thank you so much. Thank for you coming so much, on. Brad. That was our guy's just been awesome. Absolutely. I want to give you a it's been like a virtual hug. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I hope that you have like felt the love from us. We mm-hmm. really, really respect you. It's been so cool listening to like your talk about driving and, and yeah. thoughts on F1 and, and your and like yeah, briefly on, on your own career and stuff. But um like yeah, we like you. Don't listen to those pricks. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. It's been it's been therapy. It's been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people I mean, we're going to put your at on here anyway, but yeah. I guess, uh, I guess, do you want to give a shout out to your podcast, Missed Apex at all? Yeah. yeah so thanks to, to Missed Apex and Spanners, the host for kind of leasing me out to you guys for a night. It's yeah, been, I appreciate nice. it. Um, <laughs> he, he's been on here as well, hasn't he? I'm pretty sure I listened to that. He has, yeah, he has, um, he has. But yeah, so check out Missed Apex. Um, loads of off-season content going on at the moment. Great episode just dropped on Sunday. If you want to follow me, um, just head to at Bradley Philpott on Twitter. If you want to send me abuse, um, you can, there's a form <laughs> on my website that's apparently just for abuse. So just, just click there. It's just at uh, bradphilpott.com. Um, uh, and if you want to enter a sim race, if you want to enter the race that Max Verstappen turned down passive aggressively, um, just send me a message and we'll get you on the grid. Denzel, that was on, uh, was it last week or the week yes. before? He's in. He's already yeah. been practicing. I've seen him out on the Nurburgring. So uh, nice. if you want to enter that, let me know. But yeah, guys, thanks for having me. No worries. Pleasure's all ours. Thank you guys for listening at home. Subscribe. Yeah. To the channel, please. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to Mr. Apex, obviously. But subscribe to us as well. We're trying to be like Mr. Apex. Do it. We're trying to, we're yeah. trying to do events. We're trying to get Patreons. Right? So, um, yeah, subscribe to us. Follow us on Twitter, Insta. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. All of that good stuff. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Also, and- I've just remembered what the guy's called who approached me in Barbados. His name is Mohammed Yusuf. So shout out oh. you, Mohammed. Shout out Mohammed Yusuf. Thank you you for being kind and offering Tandy uh, recommendations in Barbados. Uh, But we're going to go. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. And the merch is going to be out in two weeks. Yeah. Merch is going to be out in two weeks. Brad, we've got merch. Can you see the thing? Oh, my God. I like it. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. So, yeah. Buy that. We'll see you in a couple weeks. (laughs) Goodbye. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. We're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And this season, we're recapping Lifetime TV's hit show, Married at First Sight in Nashville. Married at First Sight (laughs) is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment. Each week on our podcast, we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through, while also dissecting relevant dating, marriage, and relationship topics. And after five years deep in Bachelor Nation, we're now diving into the Married at First Sight universe. So come join us. Listen to us on all podcast platforms every Thursday and join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com slash twoblackgirlsfunnels. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>